the optimal life. So we were just talking, you started off your day, or at some point today, you were doing the cold plunge. Yeah. Yeah, we started actually doing that a lot during COVID. The gyms closed down, and me and some fellow uh, instructors from uh, Dutch kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, and, uh, and grappling, we needed something that came at least a little bit close to sparring, which obviously we didn't do because it wasn't allowed and didn't happen in basements at all. So then we found the, uh, the cold water plunges uh, in the morning, and we uh, took it to a serious level, doing it twice a week, like at 7 a.m., and then as COVID uh, like ended, we moved forward and opened the gyms again. We, uh, we just stuck with it. And uh, we do it every year with some people from the team. And uh, it's a nice way to start the year and have a good, uh, good excuse to, uh, yeah, to go. A good, a good excuse to suffer for a little bit. But it makes yeah. you feel great, right? You're, you told me you're in there for 15 minutes. Yes, And you sir. guys are around zero, negative one degrees Celsius, which I don't know exactly what that converts to. But I'm assuming around 35 There's to 40 snow. degrees. Yeah. So uh, snow means it's cold. We did it uh, like two years ago. We were on television with it, and it was like completely snowed, and the water was with ice. And wow. they did a documentary thing uh, for local uh, local TV uh, thing. And um, it actually it doesn't really matter the colder it gets because at the end the water can only get so cold uh as it freezes up right. obviously but it's more of so the experience when you're out there and you get out of the water and everything's covered in snow or rain which is so much different as opposed to taking a shower at home and you're back in the comfort of your own house or taking ice back at home and back into your warm house then outside it's uh, we also drill ourselves to not get warm with external heat and a towel but start like jogging doing some sprints doing some workout to get the heat going from within but it's uh, it's just nice it's just like martial arts a way to uh, calm the mind well, so when you first step foot into that bath, into that what tub, whatever you're walking into, what is the mindset that you need to employ to? Because you want to panic, right? Yeah, of course. So, but that's only for a few seconds, and the, uh, I don't know, man. I uh, I spoke about this a few times and thought about it a lot, but in the end, it just comes down very easy. Just like uh, martial arts, like just breathe, relax, and uh, I think it's. Uh, I have a. I have an easy way of doing it because I've been doing martial arts so long. Then it's 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 unfair for me as opposed to someone who does it for the first time because it's the same stress, just in a different way. Just mm. trying to stay calm under pressure. You breathe, and as you feel this, the stress build up, you get high in the lungs. You go like this this hyperthermic uh, stress. You just tell yourself, "Hey, man, breathe, relax." And when I started, I just uh, used the shower, just a cold shower, without going warm first, just straight into the cold. And I put them some music every time, the same song, because then I know the time. And I wouldn't get out until the song ended. And that was just like a, yeah, like also a mantra for me to, uh, to do it. And it just got easier. I should do it more. It's just like training. It gets easier. Yeah, <laughs> it still sucks, yeah. though. It's funny that you say just breathe. I just had on um, Lauren Murphy. She fights in the UFC. She came on last yeah, week. Yeah, I actually listened to that. Yeah. Okay, cool. good, good. And if so you listen to it. So I told her I was, I'm starting my first – I'm, I'm – uh, registered for my first jujitsu tournament uh, in a couple weeks. So I'm 42 years old, you know, better late than never. Man, you don't look it, man. I have to tell you that. Thank you very much. Is, thank you. Thank you. Great compliment. Uh, but, you know, the whiskey helps. I, I tell people the secret is a little whiskey here and there. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, so anyway, as you heard her tell me, and everyone says the same thing, just breathe. I said, what what kind of advice do you have for me? I'm, I'm going to be, you know, the adrenaline dump is going to mm. somehow, ha I mean, no matter how hard you try, I know there's going to be some kind of adrenaline dump. 
And uh, she says, just breathe. What do, what do you say? Yeah, that's true. I think uh, if I break it down into like two or three components, one is preparation. Think if you prepare specifically, like preparing isn't just training hard. Preparing is like, hey, when I enter the mat and the tournament starts and you're standing, you shake hands, what's your plan? What's your, I always tell my students, have a, have a game plan. So you don't get on the mats, have all that stress and then be like, oh, well, he's grabbing my gi, so I'm grabbing his gi or if it's no gi. Uh, and then, okay, what's, what's the plan going into the match? And when you're laying in bed in these coming weeks, how do you picture that match going in your dream scenario? And then also prepare for how does it go in your worst case scenario? Like, oh man, the guy pulls guard or the guy double axe me or he takes me down. And then as you're prepared mentally, then when things do happen, the first 10 seconds, which are the most stressful, because eventually when you hit the match, you're just going to go on autopilot and just jiu-jitsu. Second off, besides preparation, I think mentally what, what always helped me is that by the end of the day, whatever the outcome, I'll be at home in my bed and no one will remember this, even if I won or if I lost. And then if you said, yeah, but for me, it means the world. And if I lose, everyone will see that. Then I ask my students sometimes, name 10 people that lost last tournament. Right. They, can't, they cannot name a single one because they don't give a fuck. No one gives a fuck. So right. sorry, I cannot swear. No, you no can. One... You absolutely can. And the, the, <laughs> audience, the audience loves the swear words. Trust me. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> but in the end, man, at the end of the day, for you, that tournament, that match is everything. But to everyone, it's just another competition. Yeah, they don't care at all. Nobody else cares, really. It's not a world stage, man. They don't care. And even if, if it's the world stage, next week, they don't care at all. And in, if you true. put it in perspective, at like the greater perspective of everything, being out there, that's the true match and getting yourself to the competition, no matter the outcome, that is the real thing. And I know it sounds cheesy, but at the end, it is the truth. And no matter the outcome, you'll be at home yeah, with your, uh, with your spouse, with your life, back in your own bed. Yeah, and the best thing is you got a great experience. If you've won, that's amazing. If you lost, it's amazing too. Um, well, like Lauren said to him, she said, uh, jiu-jitsu never takes. It just keeps giving. Exactly. And she actually said when she got the black belt, right, she said that everything good she has in life was thanks to jiu-jitsu. Yes. And she got that from someone else. I can't remember the name. And the cheesy thing is, as she said it, I was like shaking my head, like nodding like, yep. When I reflect on my own life, everything good that I have is somehow related to jujitsu. Interesting. And you recently got your black belt, what, a month or two ago? Yes, sir. On the 29th of November. 29th of November. Yeah. And, and what was interesting, and I saw this in your post, what you said was, never have I felt something along the lines of never have I felt less ready for something. Right. You, you thought that yeah. in your mind and talk, take us through this, because in your mind and everybody that's practices jujitsu, when you get to the top of the mountain, that day that we get the black belt, if, if I'm lucky enough and disciplined enough to get there one day, that's when I'm going to be king of the world. And what I found ironic about your post is that you said, while this is exhilarating and exciting, whoa, I feel like this is a, a new beginning and I'm and I'm scared. Yeah, it is. It is hard to explain it without being uh, like so. Um, I can't find the word, but the, being so the the stereotype of like it's just the start. The black belt is the beginning. I'm just a white belt that never quit. I don't want to say those those things. But what was the thing? I was speaking to a friend of mine. Like I, I was, I knew it was about to happen somewhere, uh, or at least I, I, I. You never know, but I was expecting it somewhere, maybe in the in in this part of my life. And I said, all my life, I looked at a black belt as 
as a person as well. And when you finally get there, you have everything figured out. You're not stressing about your jiu-jitsu, your game anymore. You're like, you know everything. And then as I got closer and closer, I thought, man, never have I doubted my jiu-jitsu so much. And never have I felt not so ready for anything. And never have I felt so much pressure laying on my shoulders for my team, for my coaches, from everyone. And then my friend said to me very soberly, said like, hey man, maybe that is exactly what it means to be a black belt. Carrying this burden and this knowledge that you are now, uh, you're now responsible for all those students and all those other people that look up to you to help them, to guide them. And that also keep you sharp and keep you uh, honest to keep working on your own game, keep developing your jiu-jitsu, not only skill-wise, but also mentally. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when it when it finally happened, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm so not ready for this because I look at other black belts. I'm like, oh, I'm not like that. Uh, I'm not good enough. But then in the end, most of them have that same feeling. And uh, I think it's better to feel this and just feel down to earth and like you um, like it's part of the Jiu-Jitsu journey as opposed to then now I can lay back and settle. And I think it's just like uh, I have no kids yet, but if you are a father, then there's never going to be a perfect time in your life to have kids and be like, oh, now, I'm, now I'm ready to have kids. It just happens. And then, yeah. yeah, you try to do the best and fill the shoes and fill the, 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 the level you're expecting to be. And for me, the black belt was, uh, yeah, the beginning of a, a next phase, the phase in which I'm trying to build a community. I'm opening up a new gym this month and uh, trying to give back to the community and my students to provide them with an amazing place to train and develop their uh, develop their martial arts journey etc yeah, yeah. That's, that's beautiful stuff i mean and i love the i love your vulnerability i love how honest you are because i do feel a lot of people even when they're in that position and they may feel the same things that you're feeling they don't necessarily share it they may share it behind closed doors yeah. with with people like yourselves but to share it openly publicly that was pretty powerful because at the end of the day, hey, we're all human. We're all still just trying to figure this oh, thing man. out. Yeah. And I spoke to a student recently who said he had pre-training anxiety. So he was like anxious to go to a regular class. I'm not talking about competition or sure. super fight or anything. And I said, hey, man, that's normal. And I, I never had my peers or some of my peers being so open about those things that I thought that I was when I started as a white belt or blue belt or during my journey, I was often reflecting on myself like hey man wow you shouldn't be such a, such a wussy you know all those other black belts are so tough and i'm like hey i think it's better to be honest and say like okay i'm doing the stuff i'm doing the the training the competition the the the, the, the teaching all those things and i'm scared the fuck out man but i'm still doing it at the end of the day i get the work done and if it doesn't scare you then well what are you doing anyways and some people are more confident in some Factors. I've met amazing competitors who are very nervous when they teach class and I've met amazing instructors who are very nervous when they compete or anything in between. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's it. I'm sometimes nervous when I'm teaching a seminar or when I'm teaching my own students. Uh, yeah. uh, we have like 40 or 50 people on the mat sometimes. And yeah, there are days when I'm like, holy shit, these people look up for me to guide them. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, but right. <laughs> just giving it my best. And at the end of the day, if I look in the mirror and said, I'm trying my best, that's most important. Absolutely. Uh, we had a uh, we we had a class recently. Same thing. The instructor we had a um, our our professor, our instructor was out ill that that day. So one of the blue belts was teaching. We, our school is fairly new. Cool. And one of the blue belts was teaching, and he said, "Hey guys, raise your hand if you've ever felt angst and anxiety to come to class. You get a little." And every, I mean, I think everybody raised their hands. If they didn't, they were lying. We all did. We all raised our hands because we have that. I have that same damn feeling every time. Uh oh, today's a jujitsu. Tonight's a class. 
Yep. And I get those butterflies yep. and I get those feelings. You know, one of the guys says, I have to go to the bathroom every time before class. It's one of because yep. you're putting yourself into such a um compromising situation. You're you're going into battle. You know how it is. You're going yep. in and and some other guy is gonna try to manipulate you and submit you and pull your neck down, you know, whatever. And it's it's uh, it's a grueling experience, like nothing I've ever nothing I've ever experienced. And how does that thought, if I if I may be so so bold to ask, how do you feel, and what's the mindset when you drive home after class? I'm never happier. <laughs> exactly, that's I'm it. Never that, happier. That's what has to get you to class. And I always, uh, uh, if people feel stressed or plateaued in their jujitsu, and they call me or they're discussing, like, "Hey, coach, I'm hitting a plateau. I'm not sure." I said, "Let's have the same conversation after class." <laughs> tell me how you feel that's the and best advice in the world the best yeah. advice because I, I mean literally it is the greatest therapy it is the greatest drug i've never felt so good i'm like uh, happy I'm, I'm silly i'm free i'm fun i can't yeah. it's something else i've been struggling with and maybe you could help me out with this is, is, for a new uh, a new white belt or, or guys that have been doing this for just a short period of time is those nights after class sometimes i can't turn it off yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember those days? <laughs> man, it, it's, yeah. I have a lot of students with this problem because some of our classes are very late. We go right. like to uh, uh, 10.30 or so in the evening, like 10 oh, in the wow. evening. And then by the time you're done, you know, you get your pad, you go home. It's, it's, it's like midnight and then you have to work the next day. So for some students, it's very hard. So they come more to morning class. Um, and it's very hard to, to calm your mind afterwards. For me, music helped me a lot. I, I love listening just to some music on the on the car back home when I get home or take a shower or whatever. Um, yeah, breathing exercise. I do want to, this is also very important for the people listening who are like at white belt or blue belt. It gets way better, man. Now when I when I roll, I'm, I'm never, well, never is a big word. I'm hardly anxious. I just have so much fun rolling. You know, it's, it's it feels so normal. I've been doing this for, for so many years. So it does get a, a lot better, but it never really goes away. And sometimes I'm nervous when I'm rolling at a seminar or teaching a seminar or whatever, obviously abroad at different gyms. That's, that's a new factor that comes in for some people. Uh, and I think the thing that the blue belt did, which you were just talking about, I think that's, that's amazing. We had a guy of mine who competed a lot at white belt, which was really good. And he competed at blue belt recently. And he was like shaking, he even had a, like, like a, like nausea when he registered, and I was so happy that he was so honest to tell this to me. But then the coolest thing happened. We were at class with like 30 or 40 students and I asked him about competition and he openly admitted it to all the other white belts who looked up to him. He said, man, I never have been so scared in my life as this blue belt match, mm. which he meddled in. So it was really cool. But um, I said, I'm so proud of you. And then a month later, he got his uh, purple belt by me which was already bound to happen. But I also told him, you don't get this purple belt just for your skills or for that you help teaching, but because of the fact that you're so mature that you are vulnerable enough to the white belts to not guide them and teach them how to do an armbar. Anyone can do that, but mm. to teach them that it's okay to be uh, scared or have a hard time, or if you get injured of any time of plateau you hit, that it's okay. And that jujitsu, if you look at it in the long term, it's a journey that doesn't go like, it doesn't go only up. It's like, uh, well, obviously, there's no videos. I'm trying to explain this <laughs> with words. But it's volatile. It's a, I know what you mean. Yes, it's it's uh, it's peaks and valleys. Yeah, just like life. And uh, sometimes it gets like romantized. Is that a good word? Like uh, rom romanticized? Rom yes. Thank you so yes. much. Romanticized. That well, you get better in jiu-jitsu. Everything becomes better, cooler. You get stronger. You learn cooler and flashier techniques. No, man. Eventually, you're gonna get old. You're gonna get injured. You're gonna get, have a shitty day. And 
it's not the people who are good. It's the people who keep on showing up at the mm. end of the day. Love that. Love that. Let's talk briefly. You, you talked about the black belt and hey, this is a whole new journey. And here you are. You started training over 10 years ago. Um, talk to us just if you can put this into words, kind of kind of let's go through the five belts and maybe you could put into words your experiences and kind of what other people should experience when they're at those levels. Uh, wherever, wherever, however you want to define it, however you want to articulate it. So, what are what, when you're a white belt? What is what should what should you be feeling, thinking, and doing? Hmm. Very good question. Um, of course, it's very individual based, and I have white belts as students who couldn't differ more. But I think the the let's let's sort of how it was for me, and then uh, I link it at, as a teacher sometimes. So. A white belt, that's the belt where you get the fundamentals. Obviously, you lay the fundamentation of your jiu-jitsu journey. You learn the basics. And more so, the most important thing is you learn to survive. You learn to like stay calm. You learn to breathe. You're going to be stuck under side control, mount, back mount, uh, bottom guard. You're going to be stuck a lot. You're going to be stuck in guard and don't know how to pass. And you're going to be wild and explosive. And you have to learn to first, before you control your opponent, control yourself. That means breathing that means staying calm that means keeping your limbs together keeping your neck close and just the basics of how does my body move in a calm fashion and then use new mechanics you're going to learn to move upside down your first time like uh, gramby rolling or inverting moving your body in a complete different way as any other sport you might have ever done unless it's obviously a grappling sport uh, it's also the, the, the phase in which everything is news. You have to be like a sponge and get all this information in. Try to recognize things. So when someone is submitting you, don't just focus on, ah, he's submitting you. Ah, I see this armbar coming. I see he has my back. So I have to be aware of these next few things. And just recognize the patterns that happen before you start implementing by yourself. And also the, the, the most important belt to have fun. My biggest advice to white belts is have fun compete because listen to me you can never go back man i have days i wish i could go back to white belt because no one cares yeah. you can fuck up as much as you want you can make mistakes you can not know which is really cool uh no one looks up to you that you have to know everything you can do competitions and fail miserably you can go to seminars and ask the most stupid questions it's the best <laughs> belt man. enjoy yeah. the white belt. just just feel enjoy pretty. it enjoy it yeah ask questions ask your coach questions no matter how dumb they may seem because you're there to learn and i think that's hard as a as a white belt um for me personally i think it was one of the coolest belts because um i had so much fun during my white belt journey i really i never had any goals with jiu-jitsu because when i started out i never thought i would like teach jiu-jitsu someday that was not the plan so I really just enjoyed it. I was doing a different martial arts back then. So for me, white belt was just this, this other martial art. Jiu-Jitsu started for me as a side martial arts. And I really just did it for fun. And I think having fun at white belt is the most important thing, having fun and learning to calm yourself. I think those are very important aspects. How, how long were you at white belt for, too? Uh, three years. Three years. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I trained rigorously. I already had a, a martial arts experience. So my body was already athletic and uh, uh, acrobatic. I've been doing capoeira for 15 years now. So I was doing capoeira for like five years back then. Mm. So uh, I wasn't a complete, obviously it's different than grappling and jiu-jitsu, but my body was, I quickly picked it up and I started training seriously, but then I switched gyms because uh, I moved gyms. 
uh, and I trained for three years, and then I got my blue belt by uh, that was really cool with uh, Professor Vinicius uh, Magalhaes Dracolinu. That was very cool. And then blue belt. I think blue belt is a very important belt. A lot of people um, struggle at blue belt because you finally get to this first. Level, now there's an expert. Now there's a level of expectation, right? Yes, and yes. now you find out that there's still white belts, even maybe trial classers, if they're heavier or strong, that can that can uh, take you on. And then you find out that all these purple, brown, and black belts were going easy on you. And then you're like, uh, "Holy shit, man!" Now it starts. And then blue belt is the 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 belt. I usually advise also my students to, um, hey, you should have a, a fundamental base by then. And it's also the the belt where you start to at least pivot a bit more towards uh, stand-up, takedown, playing guard, uh, being passer, being guard. Like, you're not going to develop your game yet, but you're going to have more or less preferences. Like, at white belts, you just have to survive everything. Now, at blue belt, especially against other white belts, you can start to, like, choose the, the direction of the game. Not, like, go down the rabbit hole specifically, but... Stay open-minded. I think a lot of blue belts really want to have their identity shaped already. Like, like, oh, I'm uh, gonna be. Uh, this is gonna be my game, or this is gonna be my game. Just stay open-minded and keep being that sponge you you were as a white belt. But then also like slowly start to see like, hey, what is my what is my preferences? What am I good at? What am I not so good at? What should I work on more? What do I enjoy? And then work towards this overall view of the direction your jiu-jitsu is slowly going into. There's a lot of people that that plateau at this level. Is that correct, Tim? Where they get they get blue, and then for some odd reason, uh, they they kind of just end up letting it phase off and fizzle out. Is that correct? And and why? Um, yes, uh, statistically speaking, it is correct. Um, and also in my personal experience, we have five gyms. I've been teaching for many years now, so what I see is yes, I have some blue belts who said say they plateau or I see them plateau. Uh, also think that's very important back to um, to white belt is um, can't find the word anyway as they are blue belt and they think they plateau or they they, they hit something difficult the statistics are that the, the, the blue belt is a belt in which you can uh, easily quit jiu-jitsu because of the things I just mentioned most white belts actually quit the thing is you as a student uh, in your class if one or two white belts quit and they, they've just been training for three weeks, you wouldn't really notice. But when a blue belt quits, you notice more. So they don't really quit that much more statistically. It's just that you notice them more uh, quitting. And to get out of the plateau, I think the best, best thing is to not focus too much on the belt or hitting the next thing and just staying consistent, but also going to class with specific things in mind. Like if you just go through the motion and just sit out the years, you will get better. I do believe that, but you won't get as good or better if you go into class like, okay, this month I'm going to work on my back takes or this month I'm going to work on this specific game plan. I'm trying to use these outside passes. Or I'm trying to use this high step passing or I want to work more on my guard retentions. Like something specific in jiu-jitsu where you go to class with that thing in mind and then you get specific feedback. And the feedback isn't I won or I lost. That's too general. The feedback should be specific, like, okay, I got choked five times with this specific choke. Or anytime I try to pass, I get triangled. Okay, right. I know I have, I, I'm fucking up something with my arm or hand positioning or my posture. So you get specific feedback, and then you tweak your game. 
Because if you go home, you said, yeah, I, I lost. Yeah, that's too, it's too big. And then you'll stay in that same plateau. You have to be specific. Okay, what's happening in these several months or weeks? Uh, and how can I get out of that, uh, that, that plateau I'm hitting with this specific feedback? And if you cannot get out of it, ask your coach or ask a, a higher belt and say, say not like, if they come to me with the question like, I'm not getting better. I'm like, that's so random. That's so, so big. Like specifically, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not getting better at passing. Every time I'm passing, I get swept. Okay, cool. Now I have something specific. And mm -hmm. then as a coach, I'm already prepared. Okay, it could be something with your balance. Could be something with your posture. Now let's roll a little bit. And I'm just going to roll with this guy a few classes and then he gets specific feedback to improve this specific game or aspect of his game. Oh, that's interesting. And then once you get that feedback and you break that, you break that loop, you break that cycle, you break, that's really how you get past that plateau, it sounds like. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'm starting to feel better about this. Now let, let me work on something that's, you know. Yeah, just like I'm in, in business or in anything else, in any other field, if you break it down, it's yeah. easier to comprehend than just like, I suck at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I know, man. We all do. Right, <laughs> or right. don't get better at jiu-jitsu. Like, jiu-jitsu is too big. What yeah. specific thing are you struggling with? And then focus on that for a month or two months or a few weeks and get some feedback. Make some notes after class. Make some notes before class. Read those notes. Today, I'm going to focus on this. Because if you're rolling with your teammates every week, your friends, and you just try to beat them up, yeah, then you'll both get better. But winning isn't the goal of sparring. The goal is improving. Yes. That's perfect. So how long were you at Blue Belt for? Oh, man, honestly, I don't know. Check that up real quick. I think it was two years. Okay, so your first five, about five years, you were in white and blue for the first five years of your journey. I have been a Blue Belt for two years and nine months. So almost another three years, actually. No, I'm, I'm let me correct that. I've been a Blue Belt for a year and two, 10 months, and I've been a purple belt for two years and nine months. Oh, okay. So the, the blue belt was just under two years. Yes, sir. But yeah. it was three years for the white belt, two years for the blue belt. So about yeah. five years to get until you got to purple. But so just, just recapping blue, it sounds like is you're kind of still a, you have the, the, the minimal proficiency, competency, the understanding of the game. You're no longer a, a real fresh rookie beginner, right? When I uh, give someone a blue belt uh, and this is just me. So if any other coach says we do it differently or sure. For me, a blue belt is I'm uh, confirming that you know the basics of jiu-jitsu. But then also, now this is a question for you. Imagine you're a coach. You have two guys, two athletes. One of them uh, is very good, athletic. He does a good double leg. He chokes everyone out. But he always does the same thing. Takes them down, chokes them out with the same guillotine. And that's it. And he wins right. competition with this. So he's, he's really good, like... Good in uh, strong, athle strong, athletic, aggressive. Yeah, sure. one, one or two moves. Then, okay. Yeah. Then the other guy, he is really technical at jiu jitsu. He knows like Dalaiva sweeps. He plays a spider guard. He knows how to get into bolos, whatever. But at in the mat at, at rolling, he just doesn't like win. He just doesn't get a lot of taps. Mm -hmm. Who would get their blue belt faster? I would think the second guy. Why? Because he has the he has the more uh, uh, knowledge of the game, of the entire sport, of the art. He's more technical. Mm -hmm. He can do things. If he is put in a situation, he probably still knows how to defend better than the athletic guy. You know, that athletic guy, he goes for his one Hail Mary, but if he doesn't get it, 
He doesn't know that he can easily be tapped in many, many different yeah. situations, right? After all, we knew that a lot of guy might just have been a good wrestler before. Absolutely. Judo guy. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. It's they're both true. And the, obviously the best thing would be the full package. But that's like finding a unicorn. And there are some people who have that. And everyone has a bit more of the one or the other. If you're mm. a, a, a recreational dad just doing jiu-jitsu once a week, you might not get the best results of competition, but you might be a complete nerd and binge watch some instructionals at home. So the, the, the full picture is hard. But then again, if it's only skill-based, if we grade everyone for this one thing is being skill, that's very hard because people have different backgrounds, different, different goals. And if it's just skill, then if I'm a really good kickboxer, for, for instance, and I would go to a karate class and I would punch the instructor or kick him in the hat, does that equal me getting a karate black belt? No, I just know how to kickbox and to kick, but I don't know shit about karate. I can't tell you 10 techniques or anything. Now, a right. blue belt in jiu-jitsu also means for me, if my blue belt student goes to visit another gym and they say, hey, today we're working uh, deep half or working uh, Z-guard or whatever, that they know something about that position. It doesn't have to be their A-game. But they, their knowledge of jiu-jitsu is broad enough that they know the techniques. Mm. If they are just really good and they roll, obviously that's, that's cool. That's important for your gym as well. But the, the blue belt means understanding the fundamentals, knowing at least one or two moves from almost every, at least the major positions, but almost every sub-position right. as well. It doesn't mean that you have to be the greatest killer in the gym. It just exactly. it, it's, it's all about, it's up here, right? Mostly 99% it's up in the brain, understanding the sport. Yep. Yeah. And it's hard. I had some students who were always winning and they said, when do I get my blue belt? I said, man, you're winning. You do go to competition. You're always getting gold medals. But your blue belt, for you to get your blue belt, you need to show me you can play guard as well. You need to show me some sweeps, play some mm -hmm. De La Hiva, use the gi a bit more. Not all, blue, not all belts are created equal, is, exactly. is what you're That's saying. To get your blue belt. To get your blue belt. And then Correct. he says, yeah, but Pete has a blue belt already and I can beat him up. I said, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> that's not how we grade these things that's not how we yep. make the determination it makes total sense uh well you you mentioned by the way you mentioned uh nerding out on instructional videos only if they're energy and martial arts uh instructional <laughs> videos but we'll get to that later uh all right so you you five years in into your journey now what about when we get to this the purple belt feels like a different level is that correct Yes, sir. But also, I have to specify that for me, it was so different than for most people. It's unique because when I was a blue belt, I started teaching already. Mm. So that's too early and that's pretty rare for a blue belt to start their own gym. But it was a very unique scenario. You opened your own gym at that point. Um, not, a, not 100%. So first off, um, you have to understand I was already teaching capoeira classes full time. And I was studying to be an elementary teacher. So I'm graduated as a teacher. That was my job. So that puts things into a little bit of different perspective as opposed to he's just a blue belt teaching. And at the place that I was asked to teach, so I didn't set up my own gym, I got asked and called like, hey man, uh, we've seen you roll, we've seen you do jiu-jitsu, you're very passionate, you're good. Uh, and we know that you can teach very well. Do you want to teach at this judo gym or at this uh, uh, kickboxing gym? Then I first called my coach, obviously, for their permission, like, hey, man, I know I'm just a blue belt, but they are asking me to do some grappling classes here. There is no black belt around. There's no gym around. You have to understand in the Netherlands, in, in this city, there was no one uh, doing jiu-jitsu. So then he said, yeah, sure, you have my permission. And under my supervision, if you keep training, we together, uh, so he's supervising it, you can start grappling classes there for those judo guys and this kickboxing guys. And that's how I turned out to start teaching 
at the young jujitsu age of blue belt. Wow, incredible. Okay, so you get what, what talk to us about purple. What does purple mean? Purple means, uh, in my opinion, especially when, when I look at myself, is finding your your game. Like that's when you really start to develop your uh, your A game as I refer to it, that most people do, like your best techniques, and then chaining techniques together. So if blue belt is like, hey, uh, if white belt, you know, an armbar, if blue belt, you know how to sweep, and if they push you back up to do an armbar, then at purple belt, you really know how to like fluently flow from one technique to another one and how to uh, play the chess of jiu-jitsu. So instead of I'm going to do this armbar, or uh, you're going to be more like, hey, I'm going to do this, this balance and this gives me maybe an armbar maybe a sweep so you're not focused more on, on i'm gonna do this choke or i'm gonna try to take this guy down but mostly like hey oh, he's giving me an opportunity to an oh he's giving me an opportunity to enter for the legs and you're more so looking at the game and what your opponent is doing as opposed to um forcing your technique or your will on the other one at white belt you're fighting you're forcing your will on the other one a blue belt less, but a purple belt, you really that you should really be dynamically doing jujitsu and taking what the other person is giving you, getting your own game, like specifically knowing what you're good at, your A game, and also still being aware of the weaknesses that you should work on uh, that are not your A game. I like that you relate that to chess. It sounds like a purple belt because in chess, you have to always be several moves ahead of your opponent. And what you're yes. saying is it, the same thing here in jiu-jitsu with purple belt. You have to stay several moves ahead. You have to be versatile enough to know how to counter, to do something different, to flow to the next move. But also, you're playing out different scenarios. Hey, if it, he does this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set him up for this. But if he pulls something funny on me, all right, I've got this other plan, right? Yeah. So you learn to, at the beginning, you have like, oh, A, and I counter with B. And then as you get, if you mature in the belts, like, oh, he's going to do A, I'm going to do uh X, Y, Z, uh, 10, 10 options, and as you get to black belt, there are going to be more. And sometimes it's necessary. For me, it was necessary to flow more and combine techniques because I've always been pretty lightweight, especially at the gyms where I train. Um, so for, for your perspective, I'm, I'm very lightweight for the other guys here in the Netherlands. So I had to like... You're out not like Alistair Overeem? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, no, no. I'm huh? only like, I don't know, like <laughs> six feet something. I don't know. I, I only know centimeters, like one... Uh, I'm tall and like 74 kilos and athletic, but there's guys over here that over 100 kilos. I don't sure. know, man. It's like a lot of pounds. Um, yes. Yes. And I had to like outsmart them because I couldn't outforce them. Now, it's even harder if you're a heavyweight purple belt because then you don't have the necessity to flow and chain attacks together because you can just like pass them and Americana them at will, maybe. I don't know. I've never been a 100 kilo purple belt, but you should force yourself to be more technical and to get this fluent, dynamic way of jiu-jitsu. And I have some guys at my gym who are really good at that. They're over 100 kilos, super muscular, big, strong guys. And then I see them fighting with someone half their weight and they pull guard and they start fluently flowing around. I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you that yep. you could like just force your will on them, but you want to get better at jiu-jitsu. And that's that is great. one of the best things for me to see at, at them at their level. Well, that, that's, me, a common, that's a common trap too for big guys and strong guys that they just want to use their strength and they yes. focus less on technique. Yeah, but now to be fair, it goes both ways. For me, last year I've been focusing more on passing, getting more pressure because I could just always fall back and rely on my guard and I found out it made me a little bit lazy. I'm just like, mm -hmm. yeah, you get on top, I'm just going to invert on a knee and you know, spin to a back take or whatever. And I'm like, hey, let's not do that too much anymore now. It's up to me to pin guys way heavier than I am. 
and trying to force myself into that game. Interesting. So as purple, I think you should really know your A game. And then I'm already going on ahead uh, at brown belt. You should try maybe to uh, get better at what is not your game and force yourself to be well-rounded and even more rounded in the whole as jiu-jitsu. I, I feel like, too, the, the purple belt is really unique at, at a gym because the white belts are scared of you. They're, they're looking up to you and they're scared of you to an extent. And the black belts kind of are this. They might not be looking up to you, but they're like, hey, this guy's this guy's legit. I have to bring my A game rolling with it. The purple belt yep. seems like a target for everybody. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. And I heard this one, so I'm, I'm not quoting myself. I quoted someone that said a purple belt knows the exact same amount of techniques as a black belt does. The black belt has just done it more. Times. I heard Joe Rogan say that. Yeah. Ah, I think I, I might have heard that too. Yeah, 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 sure. And that that is true, I believe. I know some really good purple belts and a purple belt. You, you know most techniques, uh, especially now with the evolution of jiu-jitsu. Some purple belts know even more than a lot of older black belts. Um, no hate there. But it's more so than getting the reps in, staying honest and staying staying modest, still hungry at purple belt because you're so close to brown and black. I right. think at purple belt, once you reach purple, it, I think, I'm not sure about statistics, but I think way less people quit. Because once yes, you get I would imagine that that's true. Belts, yeah. it's, uh, it's just don't stop. So two years and nine months, you just told us before you were at purple belt. So now you're about almost eight years into your journey and you get brown. Yeah. Training, teaching almost daily, doing privates, going to seminars. And yeah, just that at that point, I was living full time jujitsu. In 2017, uh, I started teaching as a blue belt. And from 2019, uh, it became my full time job. Beautiful. So when you hit Brown, I mean, that's talk to us about that moment for you. What was that like personally? And then explain to us what, what exactly a brown belt means to you. When I hit purple, it felt way too soon. I had the same feeling as I have now with black. But when I hit brown, I was been I was a purple belt for almost three years. Mind you, full-time teaching and full-time living jiu-jitsu. Uh, at, and then that felt really good. Like, ah, oh, nah, yes, this feels the belt for me at that point. It was the only belt that really felt, well, except for my belt, that feel, really felt, uh, ah, yeah. You were, ready for the, you were ready for it. It felt comfortable to you. It was the only time I kind of felt ready for it as as much as possible and okay. i already had my first instructional out on uh, bj fanatics etc uh and then yeah brown that was a that was a big challenge especially because it's the um as jiu-jitsu became less of a hobby not, not less of a hobby sorry as if shifted my focus more to being in my business i had to compromise some things and uh, also take some make some choices to being more of a, I'm sorry if I don't pronounce this right, entrepreneur, 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 sure. Entrepreneur and trying to give back to my students and the community. And it was also the belt where I realized, okay, now I have to be more mature in jiu-jitsu. I cannot just be selfish and focus on my own game and having fun and rolling. I'm now a serious is, is this, does this, is this an added level of pressure? It sounds like once you hit yes. to this level. Pressure, responsibility, but also in a good way. It's also like, wow, I can now, I, I really have the uh, possibility and the power is a shitty word, but I can't find a better one. So power to give back more. Uh, that's also when we really picked up our YouTube channel, which was a way for me to share jujitsu more and uh, spread out the 
the online way of jiu-jitsu focusing putting a lot of time and effort in that and like okay now it's my time to give all my energy to yeah having jiu-jitsu grow not just my gym and not just my jiu-jitsu but just jiu-jitsu in general and especially here in the netherlands yeah you were empowered it sounds like yeah yeah empowered sure. to yeah. to give back yeah so and what's the different of, uh, oh. uh that gave me a lot of uh fulfillment yeah it did and what's the difference? You talk about the, the purple versus black. What was, How would you articulate? What's the difference between a brown and a black belt then? Injuries. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually, mean, you're almost, you're, I mean, right. I mean, the line is so thin at this point. Yeah. And it, I'm just a black belt for uh, two months. So um, not even, I think, a right. month and a half. Right. So um, it's too fresh to say. Um, I do think it's, it's more of a maturing thing and just just everything settles a bit more in place. Um, how would you how would you define your game today, Toom, versus two years ago when you first got your brown belt? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think if I look at my game, I think at brown, I took more risks and I was more... Um, because I thought, well, I'm I'm not I'm not a black belt yet, so I I had this 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 backup safety net of like, I can still fuck up, you know, mm. I can pull this this bullshit move because yeah, you know, I'm I'm not a black belt yet. Now the fun part is now that I am a black belt, I'm having even more fun. I'm like, you know, whatever, man. I'm just the the pressure also wears off a little bit, even though there's a lot of pressure added, but it's it's a different kind of pressure, I think. And if I look at my game specifically, I think I've been shifting a bit more to the gi. I always love no gi more. I've always been more into grappling. My channel is also way more grappling than, than gi jiu-jitsu, but I'm trying to focus more of, of playing the gi a lot more and uh, using the gi way more in my in my game in, uh, in rolling uh, and trying to shift away from my A game. I think that's a big one for me. At Brown, I was really still uh, the first day of Brown, as you, as you stated correctly, uh, really proving, uh, really uh, focusing so much on that A game. And now I'm so much trying to avoid it as much as possible. Just uh, try to like get better at the rest of my jiu-jitsu uh, and not focus on my, my, my preference, which has been my game for years. Interesting stuff. Fa fascinating. And uh, really appreciate that, that brief little journey that you just took us on. Let's, let's finish it. We're going to get close to finishing. But you've mentioned uh, the social media stuff. Energy of martial arts, YouTube. I've seen your, like I told you, but when we first connected, I've been watching some of your videos. Uh, they're fantastic. Thank what you, kind sir. of uh, talk to us about this this YouTube thing and and how that's evolved? You've kind of teased it a little bit. How what goes into it? Uh, what kind of success are you seeing? Are you having fun with it, etc.? Yeah, the last one is easy. I'm having so much fun. Uh, yeah. It is a completely out of control side hobby. When we started out, I never ever intended it for it to be more than just uh, some videos for my students and my team here in the Netherlands. The only reason we decided to do it in English anyway was because of the maybe the possibility, and we had some students that also didn't speak Dutch at our gym, maybe we could reach a few foreign people. Nowadays, 82% uh, of my audience is from the, from the United States, and I think the Netherlands is like only the fourth or fifth place of countries that watched uh, so we reached 10,000 subscribers a month ago, 
we're now at 13 or 14. So now it's you are at, uh, yeah, 13 and a half at the moment. Yep, yep. Now it's going up really hard. Um, and I'm having more and more fun. Dude, when did you start? When did you start the page? Um, we started filming, uh, three years ago, I think at 2020, three years ago. Okay. 20, yeah, two or three years, something. About and that. then recently you've ramped it up to more regular videos, correct? Like yeah, yeah. every week. Yeah. And what we really did, we, when we started out, because it wasn't my idea as most things, it was one of my students who had a camera and said, you should do this because you can speak easily. You can instruct uh, said, man, there's so many YouTubers out there. Who am I to do this? And mind you, back then I was a purple belt, so I felt way too shitty for it. But he mm. said, "Now, man, let's just do it." So he convinced me. Thank you for that once again, Arjuna. And he, uh, he, I said to him, "Okay, one thing, because there's so many amazing black belts out there, what can I do better? Is the quality of the video and the audio? Because I would get frustrated when I was watching amazing instructors like." videotaped with moving cameras and shitty audio at some gym with 10 people walking around and cars passing. It's like, hey, man, we can do better as a, as a community. So I said, from the beginning, we, we get a good camera. We put some money in that. We get some mics. Never, ever did I intend to make it $1 or $1 euro from YouTube. It was just for fun and just putting money in it just for fun. But I said, we have to have good quality. And then what shifted us a year ago is when we stopped filming on a static uh, camera and we started moving with the with the with the videos zooming in and having like very good uh we found we found our way like our flow of how we film our script so everything got more streamlined uh the past year and that really boosted our channel as well and what's going to happen you're going to see is that you're going to hit this because you stay consistent and you're going to hit this thing now where it just starts to go i mean Yep. You, know, you go from a thousand to two thousand to five thousand, and next thing you know, now you're at thirteen, and then one day you're going to wake up and it's just going to be a hundred, and you're, it's going to feel like one night probably. Nate, so that is the goal. I told my guy from YouTube, I have one goal for him and me to get that uh, play button, the YouTube play button you get with hundred K subscribers. I said one day when we're 60 or something <laughs> i think it's going to be well before that my friend i hope I think so. it's going to be well before. but then don't, don't you wonder like maybe you know the answer i'm looking at your page right now this is at energy and martial arts uh youtube we'll link it in the show notes but don't you wonder you put a, a video out three weeks ago z guard bjj that gets forty four thousand views yeah how does something like that why does something like that what made that video an outlier for you please Tell me, man, we did the K-Guard video a while ago. We have 140,000 views on that video. Uh -huh. And I made it with the same passion and attention as the video before that that only got 2K. I don't know, man. I have no wild? understanding. I don't know anything about YouTube, to be honest. We don't have the money to get some guy that's really good with algorithm and stuff. Right. I just teach. My guy films. That's what we do. And then we leave it up to the gods. And then some videos like the Z-Guard get picked up. Today I'm releasing... Uh, Gi chokes from the Z guard, and next week, uh, here's a teaser for everyone. We're gonna do only lack attacks from Z guard to get the full thing, uh, all for free, not an instructional, just on YouTube. Uh, and if I now have to do a bet with you, if they're gonna hit 1k or 100k of views, I couldn't tell you, man. You have no I clue. No, wow. But that's also that's also the fun part of the journey because every every week we're also excited to see if a video gets. Yeah, it's also sometimes know. disappointing. Sometimes you put a lot of effort in a video and it just gets 500 views. And you're like, wow, man, this took me hours of filming and right. editing. Like, well, whatever, man. Uh, we don't Yeah, do but you know what? Uh, the other thing, too, is, is that oh, who knows in that 500 people, somebody that 
somebody has got a big influence and they want to connect with you just never know where that one video yeah. could lead to even if one it's of only our videos months. in the first year led to me being the first uh, dutch instructor ever on bgj fanatics <clears throat> michael zenga contact uh, the guys contacted me from bgj fanatics like hey we saw your youtube and mind you we only had like 100 subscribers back then we want you to do an instructional for bj fanatics that's how that turned out to be sometimes i get a seminar just because of a youtube video they call me to say hey you want to do a seminar here we've seen your videos it's cool or the best thing, and that's for me the, the most valuable thing, is the messages I get through YouTube comments or Instagram DM by just normal jiu-jitsu people, white belts, blue belts, I couldn't care, somewhere around the world that take the effort to send me a message and say, hey, Tum, I just love your videos, man. Thank you so much what you do for the community. That is, for me, the sole reason we keep on grinding every week and making videos yeah. until the day I die because of the, the the normal people we can reach and just improve their jiu-jitsu. I, I love it, brother. I love it. I love it. I think you're, the way you deliver the message is easy to understand. The video quality is great. And um, I have no doubt you'll be getting that big play button sooner rather than later. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. We've linked you in the show notes. Um, we've linked everything up. Anything else? Anything else that... Uh, A question to... for you, if yeah. I may. Um, we're at the start of 2024. Yeah, uh, you have a beautiful podcast. This is this should be episode three hundred sixty-seven, if I'm correct. You are a smart man. <laughs> uh, what are your goals for the podcast this year? You know that is a a fantastic question too, and I just posted this on our Facebook page last week. Um, my goals this year are to bring on higher profile people, maybe mm. have less episodes because I've done so many of these, as you know. You just mentioned six years, three hundred and sixty plus episodes. Yep. Man. And uh, so I've had some celebrities, some high profile people on and and I've had plenty of normal everyday people on sharing their stories. I want to focus more this year on, on higher profile uh, UFC fighters, people like yourself that are doing things out there, uh, people that have a, an online presence. So while the content, um, while the, the volume of episodes is going to come down, most likely, because I won't be putting out as much, the content will inevitably be increase so quality over quantity quality over quantity i want to talk to people that have uh, high profiles i want to talk to people that other people are interested in hearing from and uh, if that means me doing 15 or 20 episodes this year i don't care i don't care if it's only like one or two a month um it, hopefully it'll be more hopefully it'll be 50 to 100 but if it's if it's uh if it's less i'm fine with that so the goal for 2024 ironic that you asked because i just talked about this uh, on facebook um, higher profile guests, and uh, we'll see where this thing continues. To now, go. now you spoke it out as well, man, into the universe, into your audience. So I'm I'm going to be watching and listening this year. I'm going to see some really high profile people. So that's going to be very thank cool, you, man. brother. I'm very happy thank you. you. I'm, I'm happy we've let's connected. Relate with what I said about YouTube. That when you put out a podcast, you're not sure how many. Uh, I don't know if it's called views or listens. How many you get and how they will be responded to. Yeah, we do get uh, statistics through my host provider that shows the number of downloads on an episode. Oh, cool. Um, it shows us if it's coming from Apple, if it's coming po uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, That's wherever valuable. it's coming from. Uh, it typically shows us. I don't have an, a YouTube presence. Mostly this has been audio only. Um, but, you know, we hit over. It's been a slow. I mean, you want to talk about slow grind for me. I'm I'm in the hundreds of thousands at this point of, of downloads. But, you know, wow. and that's audio, but that and that's people that are taking time to listen to a 30 or 45 minute episode. Um, and you do it all by yourself, everything. I've done this all by myself. Yeah, literally, literally yes. all by myself. I do yeah, everything. 
the editing is easy, but like you said, you find your way the first couple of years and then you just start tweaking some different things. So, um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a very cool experience and I just love it, man. It's, this is my side hobby. Just like this has the YouTube became your side hobby. Hopefully it becomes, Hey, listen, if it can become a moneymaker for both of us, I'm all for it. If one day you're you're bigger and I uh, my YouTube channel grows out, then uh, no matter what time, always hit me up for another chat. Thank you. So oh, much. I would love to. I would love to. Let's definitely do this again. Oh, and and obviously, send me a message after your Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I will definitely let you know how that goes. That's two weeks coming up in two weeks. Um, I've got to shed a few pounds because I'm pushing two thirty something at two hundred thirty pounds, which I don't know how that equates to kilos. Um, let's do a quick. Let's do a quick. Uh, I'm curious on what that is. What, what one kilo equals how many pounds? Uh, 2.205 pounds. So, so I'm more like 30 divided by 2.205. So it's about 104 kilos, is what You're I'm 104 at. kilos. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I got to get down to about 103 kilos or 102 uh, kilos. In two weeks, easy, man. You got yeah, this. I've got to shed a few shed a few pounds. But and Christmas is just over, so you're Yeah, good. there's no more Do of that. Do a cold plunge, man. It will help. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, good. Now we're full circle. We've linked you up in the show notes. Tomb Vorn, uh, at Tomb Energia on Instagram, uh, Energia Martial Arts, the YouTube. Anywhere else you want people to find you or they can kind of link you th from there. Yeah. They can see everything. They'll just find it themselves. And, uh, you know, guys, um, check out our uh, YouTube. It's all out there. If you want to go dive in deeper, check out our Patreon. It's also Energia Martial Arts or one of my instructionals on BJ Fanatics. And if you're listening anywhere around the world, if you ever want me to come by, either for karaoke or pizza or jiu-jitsu related. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you get karaoke, you're paying him a bonus, guys. So you, you keep the karaoke. That's a bonus payment. That's usually where I stay for at the seminars. That's great. That's great. Well, so you Thank do you seminars so much, You do seminars throughout the world. Maybe you'll do a seminar yes. at our place one day. Oh, we'll, Would we'll be my honor, man. That'd be Would awesome. Be hey, brother, great connecting. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much. Good luck on the tournament and on your GC journey, and uh, I'll be hearing more from you.